This is District Sentinel Radio. It's the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. And we are broadcasting, as we always are, out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. It's our last show of the year. It's not our last show of the year. Oh? N- no. You, I, I'm sorry I'm telling you this for the first time while we're recording, but uh, I'm finishing up a, a FOIA Follies uh, special that will be out uh, before Wednesday, before you leave town. Oh, okay. Before right. you leave Piss Town, which I'm trying to call it Piss Town less. That's, that's one of my New Year's resolutions. Um, but, you know, old habits die hard. So you're you're putting in some more work before the year uh, ends. A little bit. I'm wrapping up work is is really how I'd like to think of it. Is I'm putting a bow on this. There's gotcha. I, I've put a lot of work into this over the year, uh, and I could just I just got just got to be done. Just got to be done before the calendar year. That's right. You don't want to carry any unfinished business into the new year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we got a special show. We'll have an end-of-the-year garbage canning coming up. Who was the garbage candidate of 2022? We'll find out. A lot of good candidates. Plus, the two Sams are in a new movie that premiered this week on Means TV. And for today's episode, we're hanging out with our good buds who are also in that movie to talk about it. It's called Yell, Stomp, Hiss, and it's a documentary that follows Street Fight Radio, The Trillbillies, In this podcast, our podcast, District Sentinel Radio, on a tour through the South at the end of 2019, months before everything just went to shit in a global pandemic. Uh, If you went to any of these shows, and you might have, because I remember meeting listeners of our show at these shows, if you uh, went to any of these shows, you might see yourself in the documentary. So check it out. We all reunited this week to reminisce about the tour, and you'll hear from uh, myself, SK, Brian Quinby of Street Fight Radio, Tom Sexton of the Trillbillies, and Nick Hayes of Means TV, who directed and shot the film. He was on tour with us. Uh, Anything to add before we roll the tape, Sam? Well, I don't want to repeat anything uh, that you are about to hear me say. So at, uh, it, 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 out of abundance of caution, no, nothing to add about the documentary. Uh, although I, something just occurred to me right now, literally right now, um, which is something that I learned after we recorded our convo earlier this week. And uh, I think we all have letterboxed pages now. Which I do you ever use Letterboxd? I don't. I don't uh, watch enough movies, and I certainly don't uh, review them after I watch them. No, yeah, it's it's like a it's like Yelp for movies, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's a that works. Well, you'll know we've made it if we have an IMDb page. We might. Why wouldn't we? I don't know. Should we look now or should we leave that up to the listener? We can leave it up to the listener. That's up to Nick Hayes, right? Nick would need to put us on there or something. I think 
he put us on letterboxd i don't know how it works i don't know how any of that stuff works but i guess you could say the sams have made it we're big time now (laughs) one thing that uh didn't make it into the documentary or the discussion that we're about to air was an epic air hockey match that went down at south of the border there are some shots from south of the border and we do talk about south of the border and how uh, problematic it is. Yeah, and how problematic it is, uh, mostly. But it's got a pretty fun arcade in it. And uh, SK and I played a match of air hockey. They went. I think it was 7-6, right? I won 7-6. I don't remember the exact score, but I do remember that you won. And it was next point I'm wins. Not, I, I'm not too proud to uh, to admit that. Well, it was it was a pretty hard-fought match that went down to the final point. Tom and Terrence walk over by the end of it to see how it concluded, so we had a bit of an audience. But we hadn't been that competitive since our old days of playing ping pong. Yeah, it was a real throwback. It's a real throwback to the... the, the well, I guess, uh, actually, we were briefly playing FIFA... But then I think you stopped because I was beating you too much. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe I'm misremembering that because I feel like you mastered the finesse shot pretty well. And I always struggled with that. Now, you do have the edge on me in FIFA. Um, we do have to uh, meet up again soon. Okay, we've uh, gone way off track here. Uh, here it is, the discussion. Two Sams, Brian, Tom. And Nick talking about yell, stomp, hiss. Stick around afterward. SK and I will be here to deliver our final garbage canning of the year. Hey, Street Fight listeners, Trillbilly listeners, District Sentinel listeners. Welcome to the reunion episode uh, from Yell, Stomp, Hiss, the film, the Hellfire Congregation Tour. Uh, We have here, this is Nick Hayes speaking, the filmmaker, director of the film, We've got Tom Sexton from the Trillbillies, Sam yep. Sachs and Sam Knight from District Sentinel, and uh, of course, Brian Quimby from Street Fight Radio. Thank you, fellas, hey, for hey, agreeing hey. to do this. Oh, Thank you're you. welcome. You know, I, I'll agree to do any podcast, which doesn't say much for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you an 8 out of 10 on the intro there, Nick. Very yeah, good. good intro. It, it worked. It's more like a... a it wasn't as much like my intro. I just did a podcast right before we recorded this, and I had a guy from The Ringer on uh, to talk about like Avatar and shit like that. And when I opened it, I was like, "Hey, welcome to." And I've never ever done that in my life to open a show. <laughs> and I was just like, "I think this guy's more important than me, so maybe I should give it a hey." And uh, it was very impressive. A little more humble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have had to reckon with the fact that I now have to open podcasts. And uh, the problem is I don't uh, know what to say to get it started. I just know how to keep it going. So yeah, it's, it's, like when, uh, Mr. it's like when Mr. Smithers was hired to do the uh, the demolition derby to be the demolition derby derby mc the hype man he's like get ready for fun 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 <laughs> nick just i don't, felt I don't very... know why we have to say fun so many times they're already here <laughs> nick just felt very uh more npr i think than than me personally so that's all 
It After felt he like started a going, conference like, call. Yeah, that did sound a little conference call. After after he started going, I was thinking like, damn, we could have come up with a nickname like Nick Purple Haze. And the, he uh, does love his all, weed. He got of, me in trouble uh, once with his weed. That's for sure. I've told the story a bunch of times. Nick got me kicked out of a fucking hotel because he was grinding up weed and a fucking... The lady came in the room. He's like, come on in, housekeeping. And then they uh, uh, kicked us out of the house. I never oh. invited them in. I've heard him tell this story wrong so many times, and I've just eaten it. But no, the housekeeper came. She opened the door, and she immediately was like, you're smoking weed in there. And I was like, no. And then she like turned and walked away, and then we got kicked out. So I would say there's been some embellishment. Uh, I was doing the famous thing I do on tour, and that's being down in the lobby clogging a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were not ideal hotel guests, I would say. Uh, Well, Brian was. He he, uh, (laughs) has respect for the guests in the room and uses the shitter in the lobby. No, no, no. No, you have to do that if you're a big boy with giant duties because, like, I – the the lobby toilet is made for big boys you know what i mean and the the room toilet is made for i don't know what kind of person takes room toilet craps uh well i mean i toured people with who rent could, hotel rooms yeah i toured with brett he could take a regular shit a regular size shit and and it would flush but i don't you know i've told the story on every podcast over the past few months i flush after every turd so uh that's how that's my yeah, well, I can, I can, I can see that after having gone on tour with you, Brian, and seeing the way you eat, which is just one large meal that you eat like a steak <laughs> right at before like bed, one a.m. <laughs> I, quit I imagine that, that produces just a massive dupe that you do have to flush after every every release. I I think my most enduring memory of this tour. And I always think about it. And he he got he wasn't able to make it, uh, but it's me uh, walking into a room, or maybe it was in the, no, it was it's at Publix in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we get there, we're like, we got to go to the store. We're all fucking starving, and all of us get in there and buy some of the worst junk you could ever possibly get. And then when we get out to the car in the parking lot, Terrence is standing there with a a, a tub thing one of those like um at the store the spinach and he's just eating he's just shoveling spinach in his mouth i'm like what the fuck are you doing dude why are you eating spinach like that you're allowed to have candy and stuff and he was like yeah i i don't want to feel like shit and i was like oh i don't relate actually to that terrence had terrence eats one bad meal per month he's like kind of you know like people on diets like you know like have that cheat meal he does that too except that he just like subsists off raw spinach nuts he's a forager you know <laughs> it seemed like he had like ptsd from like acid reflux or stomach problems because i was like dude what, what you're just eating that and he was like yeah like he just looked scared like at the the thought of not eating nuts and spinach yeah he, uh, he, he subsists <laughs> off like uh, tree mosses and things like that the i wish i did that like i i don't know what what touring is going to be like for me in this sort of new world it it, chances are it's going to be like it was before i'm going to see like a wrestling show happening that i want to go to and i'll be like well i can perform 
like around the wrestling show. <laughs> so that's might be how it ends up. But like, I, I don't, I, after doing so many of them, like there is something to be said about how Terrence like didn't get into every single bad habit he ever had in his entire life on a 12 day tour because that's what i do i fucking had quit smoking since 2006 and half of this documentary is me standing around smoking cigarettes and uh it was just because i was away from everybody and i was like you, you know what i was loose dude smokes yeah. <laughs> i relate brad i'd given up dancing but by the time we got to atlanta i relapsed though <laughs> <laughs> but Claremont Lounge had when Sam had to leave. The downstroke. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was actually really fun. I think I even danced at the Claremont Lounge. Claremont, whatever it said. <laughs> That's the, French, this is, the, French, the French pronunciation. Claremont Lounge. <laughs> this is also one of my favorite things I, I want to bring up too uh, in Atlanta is that like Tom and Lee Baines were downtown and they run into Cole from the black lips and uh anybody well, who knows his face now what's his face oh uh, it's a different jared, i can't jared remember. jared jared from the black lips and i go he's coming to our show tom's like you know they're like can you put him on the list and i'm like yeah i i couldn't believe it because i arabia mountain is one of my favorite albums of all fucking time it just rips it's so fucking good the guy gets to the show he sees the trillbillies and then he sees like four minutes of the sams and he just walks out and says i like my comedy to be more balanced like that's what they said at the table and it fucking killed me yeah. he said he realized we were all infected with the woke mind virus <laughs> so good it was so good yeah but that was fun that was funny if we could have seen it happen in real time and yeah yeah start chanting like fuck this dude fuck this dude well what was funny is he came to like the most wholesome of the shows like that second atlanta show felt like a like a family you know what i mean like family friendly affair but the rest of them were a little you know Probably a little more that, rowdy. You know? That fucking, I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget the uh, uh, Atlanta show. The first Atlanta show is I've never in my life seen a crowd act like that at, at a comedy show that like was just by the time we walked out on stage they were already like whipped up into an insane frenzy where they like talked me into taking my <laughs> shoes off then they started throwing money at me after i took my shoes off they were chanting they were losing their fucking minds and like one of the things that covid took away from me i think was uh we were going to do the dsa convention was supposed to be in las vegas in uh 2020 or 2021 and i was like fuck that's sick you know because uh we did a show in las vegas that eight people showed up to and it was like one of the more miserable experiences of my entire life and uh you know there were two guys like standing by the pool table talking and you could hear them over <laughs> us it was miserable oh, and, wow. and uh so i was like man 
you know, we get to redeem ourselves. We get to go to fucking Vegas and put on a banger of a fucking show. And then COVID happens and they make it remote. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I never yeah, redeemed we, myself for Vegas. We had Hellfire 2 lined up. We were going to go through the puritanical towns of New England and other cities. And, and actually, the last thing that pretty much that we did before the lockdown um sam and i drove up to columbus at that for uh for the, the variety show. show and we were like so this COVID 19 thing yeah it's not gonna be a big deal right we're like nah <laughs> it'll, I it'll fucking, be fine I yeah, that happened like late december didn't it january january end of january was yeah, when we went to Columbus, um, you went though too, right, Tom? You yeah, they went before. before. I went to the one like just a couple days after Christmas that y'all put on. Maybe the first one y'all did, I think. And it was incredible. Those shows were like super cool, and like that was like a concept that that could have fucking that that could have kept. I mean, like those shows all sold well, and I remember the last one first of all i remember setting when we got hellfire 2 finally set up we had everything going we were ready to fucking go it was just covid i i had a, we had another tour before that we needed to go down to florida uh wrestling show uh we were gonna go do a tour down in florida and so that i could go to something i can't remember where i was gonna go and then uh come back up and do hellfire 2 like like three or four weeks later and I was standing around like one of those fucking maniacs saying, we will not cancel a show. It will not happen. I have never canceled a show and I will not cancel a show. And then I remembered three days later being like, well, I think we're canceling all the shows. <laughs> start to sound like Jim Brewer. If you stick with that, that line of hey. attack. Hey, you know, he's a new guy for me. He didn't Maybe that's who shows. I turn into. <laughs> I, I, I sort of was, I sort of expected at the end of the documentary there would be like this, like it would fade to like somber music. Like th four months later, the COVID-19 pandemic happened. It was weird editing it like peak COVID. Like it was just like, it felt like during peak COVID that we would never, there would never be live shows again or something. And it was just like, wow, this is like a historical, uh, the last time this will ever happen or something. Um, I mean, I think, I think there's a very high probability that, th that, that, that like, I don't see myself doing like touring anymore. Uh, that doesn't mean I won't do it. I'm insane. I'm, as soon as uh, the floods happened down in Kentucky, I texted Tom and said, if you need me to come down and do a fundraiser, do a Holy Boys fundraiser, I will drive there right now, anytime. And like, I'm willing to do stuff. It's just such a, it's such an undertaking now. Like I'll go out. I, I, I don't do anything now. Did you guys all like turn into just like, well, you know, I spent two years doing yeah. nothing or a year doing nothing. I guess I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> I mean, I was predisposed to that, but uh, yeah, I haven't done much. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've done more, just four new shows a week, Sam. You're, you're... Well, I don't leave my house, though, to do that. that <laughs> <laughs> We built the studio uh, in, in the apartment, so. I'm sitting uh, in my, I'm in my office now that I worked super hard to get put together and then complained for a very long time about we need an office where all of the equipment can go 
and uh, all the big equipment, all the good stuff, all the expensive stuff so that we can do stuff. We rent this fucking office. A guy, somebody broke in, kicked the fucking door and stole every bit of it. Now there's just this office on the other side of town that has a bunch of Legos in it and <laughs> old memorabilia that we're paying for every month it's like an overpriced storage unit (laughs) it is it is and i think there's also a storage unit but i'm i i that's going to come up later i do want to say one thing uh right up top is that like this tour well this isn't up top we're like we're in the middle here we're we're into it but none of this happens without brett and him and my wife like spent a lot of time working very hard to put this thing together every bit all the rest of us especially for me this was an idea on a west coast tour that i said i think we should take other people out on the road with us and the trillbillies were like surging and us and the sams were were buddies that had performed together and we just knew that we could get out on the road and uh draw and once we got home, he started working on it and he painstakingly put this thing together and it just, uh, uh, you know, without, I, you, without him, none of this happens. Yeah. You're yeah, right. Is, but, I don't want skilled administrator. Yes, he was, uh, none of this would have happened without them, but I don't want you to diminish my role, Brian, in booking the, uh, bar in DC with the worst sound system, uh, <laughs> anywhere. To kick the show off. Yeah, thank you for that, Sam. The first, the, whole, the first welcome. show in the movie is just like, are they all going to be like this? Are they all going to like sound like so shitty like this? So I missed the thing I missed, and I'm. It's very respectful of you, Nick, to do this. Is Tom's meltdown on the first show? Yeah, uh, I was, I was only one, that. only one. He only melted down once, but he was like, I don't think we can do this. Like, and it's like, buddy, you're. Standing, you're you got in it, 15 pal. minutes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there was another thing that I was uh, kind of hoping would have made the documentary, uh, which is our conflict with the Airbnb owner uh, in in Raleigh. Yeah, uh, I, where I thought she about tried including to... that, but I was, <laughs> I was also uh, like, I do believe everybody involved who was like. So, okay, for people who don't know, the Airbnb uh, owner, (laughs) after we left North Carolina, accused us of leaving, like, a huge nug of weed in the garbage can, which, like... Which is insane. It just throws out weed. Anything we we think is gross. Grounding, like... It it was, like, a perfect... We were picking up desk weed. It seemed like a staged photo. Like, it was, like, a picture of a wastebasket with, like, plastic and paper, and then just, like, a perfect nug of weed on it. And she was like, you're leaving drugs at the Airbnb, like, I'm going to find you. And basically, everybody unanimously was like, we would never do that. We would never just leave drugs behind like that. Uh, But I chose not to include it because on the off chance that somebody just had dropped a weed and dug perfectly in the trash can. Or what about us missing a goddamn hit and run murder attempt by like three minutes at the fucking oh that's right Bojangles. we saw that shit happen we saw yeah. a fucking a definite I mean, we had to murder slip attempt. out the back yeah that, the that people in the people in the bojangles were like uh i wouldn't go outside if i was you guys and we were like we don't get milkshakes from cookout man we're trying to get across the street we just got to the south we're fucking this is our ready. first time here in Raleigh. We're witnessing the sights. <laughs> I did always want to say, I, listen, this isn't against any of you or any of the people that aren't here that were on the tour. 
I firmly believe that somebody ripped that closet door off. But <laughs> I don't know who. Yeah, I very just possible. don't think that an air they okay. My understanding was it was a trash bag full of roaches. And uh, I didn't know it was like a, a big nug. And I was like, you know what? That's just trash for us. We just like we got to be allowed to throw trash away at the Airbnb. But she was like, somebody ripped the closet door off. I did not rip the closet door off. And I would guess that I would be the one that would be blamed for ripping a closet door off because I'm the least careful person in the yeah, world. You're hard on things. I have heard that all my life from everybody. I so I didn't do it, but I'm 90% sure one of you guys ripped the ripped the closet door off maybe on accident. I don't know. What's but, even weirder uh, though is know. like we were all in the backyard because we were at that house for like three nights. It was like a weird amount of nights. It was, we were there for a while, but I remember we were in the backyard. I was with Brett and we were smoking dabs out of like this insanely huge dab rig he brought uh, and we were, we were out there like two nights in a row, you know, for long periods of time. And then we like realized that there was a video camera on the house pointed right at where we were doing it. And, and that never came up in any of the discussions with the Airbnb owner or anything. So, yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I that is funny. I think that the, the funniest Airbnb, uh, people that listen to street fight know that, uh, I have now I've just turned my back on Airbnb ain't never happening for me again. It's a four star ho hotel or I'm just staying the fuck home, you know, um, I, I, I hate Airbnb so fucking much. And really, like, it makes sense staying in Airbnb houses when you're on a tour with um, many, many people. people. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, but I, yeah, have, I, would, I have I would to... avoid it like the plane. I've had incredibly, I had the, the, the famous, I took my wife up to Alpena, Michigan. Uh, I had been Googling and Googling dark parks. Uh, so you can go see like the stars, uh, preferably the Northern lights. Uh, and in Michigan on certain nights, you can see the Aurora Borealis. And uh, I, I was like, okay, I found this camper that we can stay in and it's in this part of the country where the most dark parks exist so i rented it it was cheap and i got there and it smelled like shit because it was a camper <laughs> sitting on like not a hill so the drainage from the camper was what just do you mean the drainage you mean that you were just shit and piss the shit and piss and it by wasn't the way, going into like a tank it was just falling right below the well the 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 no it was going into a tank but if the ground's flat it just it basically sits in the 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 duct until enough shit and piss comes in to push it into the tank right and it smelled so bad and we got there and you guys all know i mean on this tour that we did i was trying to watch the g1 wrestling tournament every fucking night i was just like i gotta get home i gotta watch fucking g1 i love tv i watch tv all the time uh the guy comes in it's got a roku he's like yeah it's got a roku but uh the wi-fi doesn't reach out here but i don't know about you i don't like watching tv when i'm on vacation <laughs> i'm like motherfucker <laughs> what 
I do. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. So that it's like it's like something's wrong with you if you want to watch TV. It's <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah. fuck you, man. And it didn't work at all. But like that coupled with the Jacksonville house was just <laughs> Can we talk about over. that Jacksonville house for a second? Insane oh, house. Yes, Tom, please do. describe the Jacksonville house for people. Well, for one, there was a certain point where okay. So I don't know. I'm not exactly sure with, you know, what slavery looked like in, in that part of Florida at the time, but it looks like there might've been some human suffering that took place in the, the backyard of this place at some juncture. Uh, you go in there and you walk in and to the right, it's like some sort of like, uh, sort of Spanish privateer influenced Jimmy Buffett, like bar shit. And then, <laughs> There was what appeared to be a big banquet hall locked off to us, but with a lot of cats in it. <laughs> I thought it was birds. There was there, a there, room. Wasn't there a bird? There was a bird. There was a bird cage. Yes. Wait, there was a cat room though? You saw I cats saw, in like, there? Like I looked down in the glass and I saw a litter box. And then in the middle of the night, I would hear cats meowing. <laughs> and I was losing my mind because I was like, there's not a goddamn cat in this house. And I, the... The sulfur smell of the yeah. water meant we stayed there for three days, I believe, in fucking Florida. Me and Tom went to the movies and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when we were there. Yeah, that was a nice time. That was fun. And but when like the 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 house smelled like sulfur, we were there for three days in Florida, sweating our nuts off, and then uh, uh, not being able to shower because if you'd have showered, you'd have just you'd have smelled bad. Yeah, you came out uh, smelling worse than when you went in. Yes, yes. So if you ran the shower, it smelled really bad. That's what that's the other thing about the camper I stayed in. If you wanted to run water, it smelled super bad. So you couldn't really take a shower. Like so I'm staying in this camper. I'm going to a fucking mire every day to shit and uh <laughs> I, was what cleaning myself. I was about to ask, what was the shitting situation there? I went to Meyer and did it. I, I also did <laughs> I did street fight at the Meyer too because the goddamn I I came there with recording equipment. Because they said they have Wi-Fi, and they didn't have Wi-Fi, so I recorded Street Fight on my phone in the Meyer parking lot with their Wi-Fi at at the Meyer. But uh, that Airbnb in 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 Florida also would there was the bird thing. There were several doors that were just locked off. You know, like there was a in lot weird of stuff. spots too. Yeah, like that. Yeah, we we wanted this whole house. You know. Yeah, but the what the thing that I think was hellish about it is leaving, right? So checkout times at Airbnb are so early. I think it was 10, maybe 11, but I think they pretty much expect you to leave at like 8 o'clock in the morning. But we're a bunch of fucking dudes that are staying up all night partying and and doing live gigs and stuff so we want to drink mushroom juice that sam yeah. Had <laughs> yeah yeah they tripped a lot there too so everybody was tired guy comes to the goddamn door and is like so you guys about ready to leave <laughs> it's not even not the time to go not at all <laughs> yeah so we're fucking loading everything up this goddamn guy is standing outside with a baby in its diaper waiting for us to fucking leave and just watching we us he's on a lawnmower for 
the rest of the three hours as per the agreement. <laughs> I know. I was so like this. Suck. We were like just trying to get the fuck because we'd already been in trouble with an Airbnb. So it was just like at that point, you're like, well, I just don't want to get in trouble again. And uh, it's weird because we're adults and we shouldn't feel like we're in trouble. But I think we spent a lot of this tour thinking we were in trouble most of the time. Well, so that's the thing about Airbnb is is it seems like it is a good deal. And then you encounter these people who like accuse you of, of throwing out weed and ripping closet doors off and you get char you get hit with all these like ridiculous surcharges. I'm sure if what? you use it long enough, it's, it, it doesn't actually save you much money at all. Can I also talk about bring this up because of my, uh, unwavering, uh, my unwavering need to be comfortable at all times. <laughs> Those houses was cold as hell for you guys, weren't they? <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember being worried about the tropical bird like keeling over because the AC was running <laughs> to such a degree. My, my two unnaturally cold though. Yeah. It's, I, I'm not. We're not talking sixty. We're talking like meat locker. Yeah. Yeah. I keep my house at sixty cold. right now. Yeah, I love it. I've said this before. If I ever got rich, if I ever started making real fucking money, I would make my bedroom. A refrigerator, a walk-in refrigerator, <laughs> instead of like not a freezer, not like psycho, but forty-five degrees, I think is what is the temperature that if I if I could get away with it, if Katie didn't fuck it all up and need it to be at least <laughs> which is cold enough because... to where you can stock up some beef carcasses and punch it like Rocky Balboa. Yeah, <laughs> that's right her downstairs and i think i think you all slept like downstairs at one of the places i walked downstairs and everybody is like freezing cold and trying to cover up with like one sheet because there were no blankets because there's no blankets and airbnbs <laughs> Terrace so were going back to back with the fucking yeah with the flat sheet in one place <laughs> freezing our nuts off. brutal that was the night too that was the night we all did mushrooms in florida and my what i remember about the mushrooms was twofold one was as soon as i started coming up on the mushrooms naomi my partner calls me and she's like i just came home from a friend's house and our side door is open and all of our cats are gone and they had all escaped and i was like i remember cannot, that you cannot be telling me this right now like i'm coming up on mushrooms like please just like didn't your house house get I, shot up too well that was later was not that during later? the tour yeah that was later but this uh, was like our cat had figured out how to unlatch the door and opened it and they had all escaped or whatever and i was like yeah this this, is this was while nick was doing cartwheels in the backyard yeah and then that was the second thing i remember was just being like this rocks and like doing cartwheels in the backyard <laughs> <laughs> me and tom being the two that didn't do drugs we didn't do the acid but we watched i i remember sam Sachs getting truly obsessed with ping pong and it was like it got to a point where he was just standing at the table like play me somebody play me i'm, I'm kicking ass like so sax and knight played each I, other to, to be clear i wasn't somebody i wanted a high school tennis superstar tom <laughs> to be my opponent and I believe he was at some point. I believe I did take him down. You got we, me. Yeah, you but got me. I, I was I, on I was on PEDs at the time, so it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it might not count, but put an asterisk besides <laughs> that victory. <laughs>
This tour also happened. Well, first of all, uh, you know, watching the thing, the the first part of the movie is one of the first parts of the movie is me talking about my bank account. And it's it was the most 2018 Brian of all time. There's never been a more because it's like, well, I had 120 in the bank and then my daughter needed forty dollars. So now I have 80. And then my wife is like, yeah, I have a baby shower to go to. Now I have like 40. And I'm like, they they just, they'll spend all my money if I'm not there to look at them disapprovingly. And that was so fucking me. Like, I have changed quite a bit now. And this time, I have a little more money. But also, I uh, uh, just, it's like, whatever, man, just because they told me that was such a hassle for them for every time they went to spend money i was like what are you doing but then i was out buying 12 dollar <laughs> packs of cigarettes and stuff like that and fucking uh, george jetson with ibs over here yeah i don't have ibs i'm doing great i'm doing i yeah i mean that's the only thing i i, I if we could do this again if we could stay in four-star hotels uh i'd be willing to do something again but i just i'm comfort brian now uh i only like comfort i stayed in a beautiful hotel in lexington and hung out with tom uh and uh i just from now on i'm just i can't stay i'm not even gonna stay in a fucking residence inn. it's over for them i'm no airbnbs no residence inns nothing but uh the airbnbs we got on this tour were the the last one was really nice and we spent zero time in it like we the got in nashville there. yeah i loved nashville i, I mean, mean it was really nice it was like fine it wasn't like really <laughs> it was wine mom aesthetic except for the one in florida that was creepy plantation and um kind of felt like a dead dude was cleared out of there like two weeks before we uh, i think we agree we agreed though that somebody was living there and uh, that place i'll tell you that place in jacksonville was like it was like you know the conceit in cartoons where like this guy uh inherits his creepy uncle's estate but he has to stay there one night before it and like meet the terms <laughs> and then his uncle like drops axes from the ceiling and shit that's what that place was like yeah like the, you know the paint the painting of him above the mantle the eyes move and shit that's what that yeah was like. Every, like everywhere that, everywhere else I, was wine mom though i never <laughs> felt in danger yes, at that place or anything i just felt like this is not a thing you should be renting out to people you know like that's all well, i could think the whole time let, was like, let me let me let me comically illustrate the point. At one point, I go up to that dock where that little John boat's tied off and dangle my feet above there, and somebody comes with the, the Airbnb manual out there, and the floodlight comes on, and they says, don't be getting in there. There's alligators in there, and you can see. Or there's like, Because I forget sometimes, like, alligators down where Sa in Sam Sachs country are like deer and bears here. Like, you just see them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I definitely could have got my – fucking toes chewed off it's south of the border was also like a super fun experience because it it tom's and brett's uh inner gambler just fucking came out like i've never seen somebody get so like those coin pusher machines they had oh, yeah. that, was, that was the three of them. <laughs> that's what i wanted more of that i told terrence i was like yeah the doc was pretty good but 
I need more south of the border in in the director's <laughs> cut. The, the coin I'm pusher. I'm spending like a week's a week's worth of per diem at the fucking <laughs> coin pusher. Me you guys Saints. won though. You guys actually came out. You and Brett actually came well, out ahead. Well. I one, uh, you know, one in terms of fun was had by all, but uh, <laughs> I lived off Uncle Ben's rice packets and beef jerky for about two or three days. <laughs> it's so fucking funny that, that like, I've never seen those where they don't just give you tickets. You know, it's, it's, you get tickets instead of the, uh, you get tickets instead of the quarters. And when the quarters started coming down, the the way that Brett, I, I specifically remember Brett and Tom's face just lighting up in a way that's like, we really found something here, man. We re- <laughs> this is this is kind of a casino to us. It's as close as we could get to a casino. One of the I weirdest also- one of the weirdest parts about being in South Carolina at that particular time is that <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard went all in oh. on I ninety five billboards for her presidential campaign. And uh, they were just all throughout South Carolina. Tulsi Gabbard, heart of a soldier. It was so staring down on you. And uh, that was just kind of a bad vibe. Oh, you know what is another thing that that didn't come up? Sam went to Sam Sachs' hometown, uh, Jacksonville. We performed at a venue, and he had an old friend that brought (laughs) his dad, right? and his dad got way too high at the yes. thing. And I think I, I, what did I see? Like he, I think he fell down. I was worried about him. I, I was, was concerned too. for how high he was. <laughs> yeah, Clay, Clay, uh, we, someone, Sam, Sam, did you get a suite? Someone got a suite. No, my, I think my buddy, a different buddy of mine got a suite in Jacksonville because we had run low by the time we had reached Jacksonville. And I rolled something up. And we smoked a joint and Clay was in the circle and he took a few puffs and he went catatonic. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he fell, but he would have if he wasn't being like actively supported by his son who was there. I think and, he sat down on the curb or something. Yeah, Like I remember him just being like, but well, this guy's had too much. And then when Clay, somebody Clay's, told me it was weed, I was like, fucking that's weed that did that? <laughs> yeah. Clay's in his seventies. So this, this same thing uh, the weed had to... changed a lot since he had last smoked. Yeah. That's he what he kept saying. Yeah. That's what he kept saying though. It was so funny. He was like, uh, uh, he, he kept saying like, weed's a lot different now and just over and over again. And that's one of those synthesis destroyed weed guys. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's one of those guys that you have to keep saying weeds a lot different now to remind, to cling to reality in a way. It's not laced or anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it could have been because there were a lot of drugs on that tour. Uh, the guy in, in Raleigh that gave us like four vials of liquid acid was it it was some liquid mushroom tincture he gave, and it was like, take two or three drops and they were, yeah, it was, well, it was the prescription was you take about a third. If you want just like a nice body buzz, two thirds, if you want to trip and then the full hog for, for ego death. Everybody was think, chanting ego on, death. Some some death. some settled on ego death. <laughs> some wanted more than ego death. 
<laughs> they were chanting it. They were basically the people that did it, which was everybody but me and Tom and and Marta. That uh, was just us that didn't do it. And Martha, people, no, she did it. She did. It. Oh, she did. Okay, it was just me and Tom then that didn't do it. But I remember all of you guys being like ego death ego like that you were like i want the ego death amount i don't know what like whatever <laughs> there else. wasn't Everybody enough ego death to go around we all had to settle for for some just for introspection yeah yeah, yeah for, for for staying up too late <laughs> i just can't yeah that's the thing about touring that that I mean, I, I, I think if you look at me in this doc, you can tell, like, you just take so much damage without all the drugs that, like, by the <laughs> like end. Was like, this was a sober tour for me, and I remember very distinctly you taking the god awfulest cocktail of pills and me thinking, God damn, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> it was sober. Yeah, reading on stage every every yeah. night. Yeah, we yeah. didn't do any drugs at the time. I remember very distinctly giving you Xanax. And I was doing weed, and people were handing me pills after shows, and I don't ever ask I re- about I remember them. commenting to Terrence, I'm worried about Brian's heart. Yeah, because it's good. You would take the, it would just drugs that would pull you in four different directions. Yeah. Well, it was basically a sober tour in a way. That's what everybody says about my regimen now to go to bed. They're like, my Gwen was like, you take 12 pills to go to bed. And I'm like, yeah, I do. That's it's all prescribed except for the melatonin and the magnesium. And but, you know, yeah, I love drugs. It's not that I don't love. I just couldn't do acid at the time. You know, a lot a thing that that has happened this year that was not going on at that time is the ketamine treatments that uh you know i was having a real tough time around that time uh and the last year has year and a half has been one of the toughest times of my life but i got those ketamine treatments and it got rid of that crippling anxiety like all of it the stuff that you guys had to deal with with me every day every time we pulled up to a place and i was like this is gonna there's we're not selling any tickets this is fucked this whole venue's fucked everything's fucked up you know what i mean and uh i'm not like that anymore which is a bummer because you guys could have had a lot more fun with me if uh, i had done ketamine before that should have brought ketamine on tour you had fun i was just thinking i was just thinking about how um in nashville like we (laughs) uh brett was very skilled at bringing the bringing a few people back to the house but also like setting batteries oh, like yo no that was mike thing. from your kickstarter sucks yeah it was mike that was like no bring nobody back to the house and then mike from Kick, your kickstarter sucks who wasn't even staying at the house but like brought like two dudes back who were just like <laughs> <laughs> like like brett just had to do like cleanup basically and like we got i think that they got super high like they did mushrooms or something and then brett within like 20 minutes is like so you guys like have to leave or whatever. He's like, all right, I guess I'll just go like sit in my car. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah. It, it, that Mike was left. like I brought them and then he left right away. Yes. That was like actually <laughs> one of the big highlights of the tour was meeting Mike and Jesse. Because like uh I didn't really know Jesse that well. Uh I I had been on YKS a couple of times, but it was through Mike. Me and Mike had hung out in Columbus. He came here to see Radiohead and we went and hung out with each other at Dirty Frank's. And um, so we were like, uh, so 
I had talked to him and it's funny. The funny story about Mike and Jesse is that uh, I texted Mike because Mike had said to me in the, in, in a previous conversation, I'd love to perform live, uh, try, try the, the live show situation that you do. And I said, well, I mean, I'd love to have you, you know, uh, Mike is a very, very, very funny guy has, you know, six figures of followers on Twitter has like a great fucking podcast. So I'm like, I'd love to. So when this tour was announced and we said, we were going to Nashville, I said, Hey, Mike, would you like to come on stage with us? We did it with Jamie Peck. Uh, you know, we had a few guests, Lee Baines. And uh, Mike was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then I came to find out that immediately after that, he he texted Jesse and said, I just agreed for us to perform on the Street Fight show. And Jesse was like, I don't want to fucking do that. Because <laughs> he just didn't have any need to do, he didn't want to do live shows. It wasn't his thing. So having him show up and then having those two guys be sort of a mirror image of, of me and Brett, as in like Jesse's this like really responsible guy that went home to his family and and left early and mike was just like partying but jesse takes care of like the spreadsheets and all the stuff and mike's just an insane guy that uh people like to listen to and i was just like i'm mike and and like our mine and brett's situation is almost exactly like their situation i remember brett and jesse just sit, standing around talking about how much of a pain in the ass uh mike and i were so it's a it, sacred it podcast well, dynamic well yeah, I, we I, all I, have that dynamic yes yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much every podcast and <laughs> sam is clearly the responsible one but i was gonna say that um i think it was between atlanta and nashville when the uh scratch the scratch off incident happened this is the meanest um, thing I ever saw. Which, yeah, and everybody I, was so opposed to this idea. I had to like force it upon people, <laughs> like force Terrace to do that introduction explainer because everybody was like, this is so mean. The, <laughs> like, uh... We kept playing. We also kept playing the lottery everywhere we went. Tom would go in and the Sams would go in and buy a shitload of scratch offs. Yeah. And I was like, this can't be good for your bank account. <laughs> Well, well, what if you win, though? That's true. <laughs> well, you know, we saw what happens if I you win. Away, bro. Well, and, you know, I said I'm not participating in this. That was like sort of my thing, but it didn't matter because I was driving. <laughs> this is 2018. So I am listening 19. to. Was it right. 2019? Yeah, I feel like it was 2018 because Shocktober one. I was doing Shocktober one, I thought. And uh, I had to listen to stuff while we drove. So I, I would have headphones in my ears. So it didn't matter that I wasn't participating. But I just remember sitting up front like, I can't believe they're doing this. And then the fucking, when Sam says, I'm going to give each one of us like $50,000 or some fucking number. And I was just like, we, this is way, well, he's too I, nice. This is evil. Yeah, nice that's, to when, prank. that's when the jig was up for me and I felt rotten for my. So, so, two, so two things about that, which make the whole thing even sadder, which is uh, between Nashville or between Atlanta and Nashville, there was a fireworks store and I bought a bunch of fireworks and I'm like, I'm going to get my revenge on Nick. I'm going to light these fireworks like while he's recording or something and he's gonna like freak out and maybe he'll fall over with the camera and it'll be funny <laughs> and it'll like be footage that he can't not use or something 
And then I was like thinking about how it would play out. I'm like, oh, the cops are definitely going to come. So let's not do that. <laughs> and uh, I totally chickened out. So that that was sad. Another sad I mean, thing about this is that I'm pretty sure that my grandfather gave me a fake lottery ticket like that when I was younger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, no. I felt, and I felt for the exact goddamn thing. Un- <laughs> uncovered <laughs> old trauma. We did. Again. That's what we were here to do. And, uh, you know, I think that if it had been on day one of the tour, I would have been a little sharper mentally, you know, maybe not used to the daily scratch off uh, routine or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if that would have if that would have flown under my radar on day one. No, you can by, see by the brain. end of the tour, I was feeling pretty rough. In the footage, well. you can see, like, I've had to go pretty my frame through this film so many times, and you can see, like, this moment on Sam Knight's face where he's starting to ma- think maybe this is real. And it's like, like, there's, like, this hopefulness, like, he's thinking of all the bills he could pay off. Like, it is, like, this moment. I would have felt so <laughs> low if he would have been, like, uh, Martha's been needing a kidney transplant. This is exactly what we needed to get. That's what it almost, it wasn't that because, you know, it wasn't true, but it really was like, you guys, this is the best thing. This is going to bond us forever. We're each going to get a big amount of money and it's going to get us all out of poverty. And I'm just like, I mean, I wouldn't have given them any of them. If I, I, I remember, we have money to keep this going. We can go to a four-star hotel, you know. <laughs> oh, that see, okay. Now we're talking. Go to Sweet Green. Well, I remember Nick talking to me beforehand, and thankfully, I don't think he had the camera in his hand because I could have been the villain of the movie. But he straight up asked me, like, "Is this okay if we, like, you know, Sam Knight? Will he handle this okay if we do it to him?" And I said, "Oh, absolutely! It'll be hilarious. Go for it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I had so like a funny. whole bag of tricks like because i was like worried that the movie would be boring or something so i had like co- fake cockroaches and like all sorts of like stupid prank ideas like all none of them would have been in good taste i was just like desperate i had the fake lottery ticket i feel like i had some other dumb shit well you i want to bring I, this in, in retrospect I, I, I do kind of wish like i had planned something a little better because like it was funny watching lee baines just like talk about Atlanta on the spot. And I'm like, damn, like we went to DC and I knew you were coming for the longest time. And like at the end of the day, we were just sort of like dicking around in front of, uh, you know, the three branches of government. Well, that's uh, one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the movie. So it's, it, it turned out well, but you know, I don't know. I was, uh, I was just thinking like, man, I don't know. It would have been hard. Just, just wishing I came up with like, what would we have talked about in 2019 that would have been relevant today? You know, it's like, I mean, maybe something, but I don't know. It's a hard thing to to talk anything about anything political like that or about systems of power. True. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's a poster. That's... I was looking at the poster to see if the date's on it because I swear it. Okay, yeah, maybe it was because I, I did Shocktober in Texas. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. You're, you're not willing to commit to it. What year is this right Still, It's not on the poster. I don't know why it's not on the fucking poster. Brian thinks of the past in terms of Shocktobers. <laughs> I do, basically. It's like, when do I have to start working on Shocktober? Uh, or, you know, when me and Tom do Holy Boys, it's like, when should I start looking at doing... Uh, but I do... I do have to say, like, I am currently, and uh, it's going to actually be a free episode 
uh, the the show that I'm working, this mini series I'm working on with about Dane Cook, called Now We're Cooking. <laughs> oh and, wow! And uh, one of the I used to listen like, to Dane Cook in high school. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, so funny. <laughs> one of the things I covered. And it's going to be a free episode, so this is great that that people will hear because I I didn't record enough regular episodes, so I'm just like fuck it, I'll put that one up for free. It was with Kath, who I've toured with. That's why I kind of picked her to co-host, is because we toured Texas with Kath, and um, it's so it was it was great watching this movie after watching that because every thing is very fake in that movie it's like uh ginned up uh arguments it's like arguments that that aren't not, real not our, you're talking about another movie that's you're what i'm talking about yeah i'm talking about tour gas people know it it's oh, a fucking, okay got it, got it it's a tour documentary series with dane cook bob kelly jay davis and gary gullman and they had them ride go-karts they had them, uh, uh, you know, climb, do a climbing gym, ride horses and stuff, right? And it was all just so, like, set up and fake that, like, when I watched this yesterday, I was like, well, I mean, this is still entertaining and there aren't any real bits. You, like, you got, like, my real attitude, I felt. Like there's every scene... time you get into the car, you say we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a scene where we're in DC and we're waiting for Sam Sachs to come down and get in the car. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm smoking a cigarette, of course. And I'm like, we're finally gonna get out of DC. And Nick was like, You don't like DC? And I'm like, I'm driving a huge fucking truck. <laughs> like I was just so already, like, uh, everything, every, every, you know, Nick's been on tour with me a lot. When when we get to the hotel, I a hundred percent of the time believe that they are not gonna let us stay at the hotel. And <laughs> my palms start sweating and I get super nervous. That's why having the Xanax on that tour tom gave me xanax a few times that brought me down to like a normal level uh and then luckily after that people started bringing me xanax to all the live shows which was very kind <laughs> that's, a, that's a fear you and brett both have where you whenever you there's something like you're about to pick up a rental car or you're about to do something that requires like a credit card you just start panicking because you think it's going to get uh rejected or whatever Dude. and in, in Colorado, when they weren't going to give us the car, we flew to fucking Denver and we had five dates to do and uh, they were not giving us the car for some fucking reason. And uh, the only thing I could do was act like a psycho in the lobby <laughs> and they were just like, you know what? We're just going to give you the car. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll overwrite that. Like Brett's up there talking like a normal person to him, but right behind him in the lobby, I'm fucking going insane. Oh, this is fucking bullshit. Fuck this shit. And not yelling at the worker at all. Uh, the worker ended up actually hooking us up, but I think it was because like they knew that once the final verdict was thrown down, they'd have to deal with like a psycho dad from Ohio. You know? <laughs> worse than death. That yeah, well, yeah, it is. It's really yeah. tough. The 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 vibe in Yell Stomp Hiss, I think it really captures like what it was like to do those shows and be on tour. I just I guess I what I was saying earlier is I guess I just thought of a different spot to film our little thing in DC. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, there's stuff. I wish I would have been more showy and stuff, but I think that what I like about it is, is not a super showy doc. It like just shows a bunch of guys goofing around, driving around the country. And like that, that to me is what I would have wanted a doc of a tour that I would do to be, I wouldn't want it to be like all these staged arguments and shit like that. Plus I think, you know, all of us do pretty political podcasts to, to different degrees. And I think if you got a bunch of us out on the road like that, and then all we did was fight and argue and not cooperate, that would not be like, this is going on means TV. You know what I mean? That would not be in the spirit of cooperation that we were all shooting for when we, uh, uh, you know, started to do this. So I, I really like the fact that the movie captured that kind of spirit of cooperation and camaraderie and, uh, this thing happened and, uh, everybody had fun. Nobody got into fights and, uh, you know, I, I just, that's the thing I like about the documentary. And, and that's the type of thing that like, uh, we could, we could see a lot more of that in the world. I, I, I felt like it's like sort of, as I watched it, it's like sort of the, the perfect kind of means TV, like leftist tour doc that, 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 that captured a moment in my life and a moment, uh, uh, uh an important moment and, and a very important to me, uh, an important moment that I thought was like, I don't know it, it watching it, was a little, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was a little weird for me to watch it now. Cause you know, my, everything's different for me, but like, uh, it, 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 like once it captured the, the sort of, once I saw the vibe captured, it was like, I'm glad this happened and I'm glad this was filmed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I found myself vibing with, uh, Terrence at the beginning of the movie when he's like, how do I like being on film? I don't like it very much <laughs> and, and then then regretting it a little bit later because like, one of the best things in the film. world yeah one of the best things and i've talked about this my neighbor has never spoken to me uh and he talked to katie he talked to gwen like they would have you know they would they knew each other none of my neighbors talked to me but when the tour was over and i got out of the car and walked up to the house uh this is the first time the guy ever talked to me because Nick was filming me. He's like, what's all this about? It's like, oh, yeah, and, you know, I I do a thing. Oh, uh, yeah, these camera guys me. follow me around. It's <laughs> I think he thought it was like fucking uh, uh, Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians, but for like a white trash guy that lives next door to me. Well, I'll say it was one of the most fun times I've ever had. And uh, as they as they say, uh, we'll reunite again in Valhalla, except instead of Valhalla, it's Lodi. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's no Lodi. That's another thing I wanted. Well, know. you don't. Right. Yeah, I, that's for Can us. you explain what well, because of copyright Tom. violations. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Tom, Tom to provide some context for people. What is what was the Lodi game? I, I still play it by the way. To the Lodi game, which is oh, we, we all still play it. We made the Lodi game, but Lodi by Creedence Clearwater Revival. It sounds like he's saying something like that. But I so have, then so they just, just started were, making our own yeah. songs. <laughs> 
about sucking off old guys old. off. Yeah, yeah, there we go. They were all about sucking off old guys. It wasn't just sucking off regular guys. It was about sucking off old guys, and it never ended. It just it constantly any song. I'll still get a text from Nod every so often with the low die. <laughs> <laughs> I am now. I've I've I'm like I do the sucking off old guys, but I've moved to sucking and fucking. Like, uh, if I hear a song, I'm like, how can I fit sucking and fucking in there? Because I think those are like two good words to go together. I mean, it keeps this, your mind this, sharp. Yeah, this was pre Heat O'Brien. So nobody even knew that was in me, you know? There's sucks, a, man. I can't remember which one, but there's a Trillbillies episode that starts off with uh, Terrence going, Give me the bleach, boys, and bleach my hole. And <laughs> that's an example of the low die guy. Yeah, I, I, I think of that quite a lot, way, way more often. Than I, should. <laughs> well, I, I tend to drive down to Florida a couple times a year, and I've added low die onto my, my driving playlist of songs. And I I sing sucking an old guy off again when the words come. I don't sing Loda. I don't sing yeah. the chorus. Sing what yeah. it should be. Me too, boys. Me too. <laughs> I think, I think the the Lodi song when he drives to Florida speaks to the uh, enduring experience of the Hellfire tour um, and its its lingering effects in all of our lives. And we love sucking off old guys. And thank yes. you, uh, thank you, Nick, for uh, cataloging it all. And cutting it together so well. Max cut it together. So thank you, Max, for cutting it together. And thanks for letting me film you guys. It was a, a blast. And, um, you know, it's been a pleasure working with all of you in the different capacities we work together. And Means TV wouldn't exist without you all as a community. And, you know, like Street Fight directly led to Means TV and directly connected me with all of you guys. And it's been, you know, like it's been my career it's been a highlight of my life in a lot of ways so thanks not dead leader. i'm still doing it and it doesn't uh, i i, well, I, I didn't this. say it was dead no i'm saying yeah. i didn't i said this when you know me and brett split or whatever that like i don't think you've heard the last of us together uh it it just it, we're at a weird time now and yeah. and again i want to make sure that people truly understand how much work he put into this thing like he just he he worked his ass off to get this thing rolling and like uh uh he was so crucial and important to the whole thing i was actually really glad that he was sort of uh, the main person that that the movie runs around like because yeah you know he's an important he, i mean he's an incredibly important dude in my life and uh you know he he worked his ass off to make this happen and this was like unprecedented for us you know yeah and we all uh you know we walked away from the tour with you know it, we made we were compensated for our labor is what i'm trying to say and brett made sure that he ran the numbers and that everyone it was worth everyone's time and not just fun although it was also fun and that ruled as well um yeah he did he did a great job of that and um if I'm not mistaken, like we had family meals and he, he expensed that he, he, you know, he took care of the cost and we would just roll up to whatever fast food place uh, we felt like, and it whipped ass and uh, Brett <laughs> did a lot of the uh, grunt work to make it happen. And that, I think we did it right, Nick. Is this, is, is this a good show? Oh, fantastic guys. Thank you. 
That's my recording just nice. fucked up. So if my audio sounds like shit this whole time, it's because something just fucking happened to my microphone. But well, guess well, what? I'll reconnect send it with to you boys again. Yeah, I'll yes. send you the audio, Nick. As soon as it'll be a video Thank MKV you. file, but I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'll upload my audio to Dropbox. I'm not a professional podcaster like you guys, so I should. Well, I will also uh, upload my audio to Dropbox, and I'll email you uh, the link. And I'm going to cross this off my list of things I have to do this week uh, because I'm going on vacation, boys. Boom. Rock on. Where are you, you going? It. Nowhere, but I'm not podcasting from December 18th. Actually, from Thursday to January 22nd, I won't be. I recorded nice. I recorded all of the shows ahead. So basically nobody will really know I'm gone. Oh wow. It was insane. It was such a run. Until they hear this and the jig is up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they know. But it was just a run of like on October twenty-eighth, I looked at my uh uh how many shows it would take, and it was fourteen extra shows on top of the three shows I do every week. And I was like, all right, so we're going to be podcasting a lot this month. And I did. This is my third one today. So Damn. I'm done now after this and it's Katie's birthday. So happy birthday. Oh, Katie, Jesus. happy birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yup. Well, thanks well, again for doing this boys. guys. Great talking. Yeah. yeah thanks boys. Yeah. No problemo. And Hard thank you listeners. Almost. Four 2018. It was 2018. It was 2019. Yeah. It was 2019. We talk about Jeffrey Epstein in the in the doc at one point. I believe All in right. the present tense. I believe you. All right, boys. I think I think it was anyway. I'm gonna it was definitely 2019. In conclusion, I'm... definitely 2019. It was weeks before, months before everything went to shit. Yeah, yes. watch Please your watch the watch film on Means TV. Check it out, folks. Find out for yourself. Was it 2018 or 2019? (laughs) Until (laughs) Brian. I will not accept it. But hey, guys, it was good to talk to you. I got to go get Katie's birthday present. Yeah, you too, man. I'll send you this link, boys. All right. Later. It's good to talk to all you guys. You too, man. You too. See you. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. And we're back. Hope you all enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed catching up with the boys. Go watch the movie on Means TV. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed to Means TV yet. Means.tv. Well, I guess uh, guess it's time to do it. One last garbage canning of the year. Interns, bring out that garbage can. Oof. Oh wow, that is raunchy. Well, oh, at least geez. the at least the fire from last week is out. Ugh. Yeah, but we took the remnants of every week's garbage can and put it into one meta garbage can, and that's what we're working with this week. So it's got yeah. it's it's got a, a, a an interesting bouquet, and uh, it is it is very very intense. I would say. Yeah, we didn't even plan for this. The interns took it upon themselves to store a little piece of the garbage can each week for the the, the meta garbage can. And uh, it was a nice little surprise they gave us. And boy, is it stinky. Garbage candidate number one of the year.
Elon Musk. Who else could it be? He's been the garbage candidate every week this year. Yeah, the, the, he he would have been a garbage candidate this week too, because this week big time, uh, big time. <laughs> like twelve hours ago, he just banned uh, random journalists who who critically cover him. He's and ending he's ending the year real strong. <laughs> this all stems from his Chappelle show or his Chappelle appearance meltdown, where he Dave Chappelle brought him on stage at his stand up in San Francisco at a stadium show. And Chappelle has worked very hard to cultivate the uh, type of audience where Musk thinks he would be welcome there, right? Like Chappelle has spent months, if not years. No, it's been it's been years now, like bashing yeah. trans people and saying like, oh, woke this, woke that. Um, Musk goes on stage at Chappelle's show, gets roundly booed, like there's no doubt he just that the entire crowd most of the crowd just absolutely despised him he spent the next few hours melting down on twitter wait before Uh, you get to that let's just note that Chappelle himself cuts a really pathetic figure in this whole ordeal as well that's true he tries to defend Elon and make him more uncomfortable and then said, Oh, most of the booze are coming from people who have bad seats as though it's yes. just like poor people. It's the poors that are, that are booing you, Elon. It's okay. It's like, why are you booing Elon? We're going to have uh, uh comedy clubs on Mars. And it's like, no dude, we're not. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> is that pathetic. is a good distillation of how much uh, Chappelle sucks these days is that he, uh, you know, he cultivates a shithead audience, and he, he still insults the hell out of them. Anyway, yeah, so Musk uh, spends days melting down, and it all culminates Thursday night with him uh, banning random journalists. Like, random, you know, liberal-leaning journalists who just who cover him and, and, and the right somewhat critically. This was after he banned Elon Jets, the account he specifically said he would not ban because of his commitment to free speech. And then after he banned Elon Jets, a few days after everybody booed him at the Chappelle show, uh, Twitter releases a new rule that you can't share location data on anyone, uh, including like public information, which was obviously an ad hoc justification for banning elon jets like oh let's come up with a you know a a reason why we can ban him so musk did that musk then starts calling people who shared elon and he accused some of the journalists who were who were suspended of uh, linking to publicly available information or linking to the elon jets account and described it as assassination coordinates yeah, I I can't believe I left that part out. That's a that was a a, a real escalatory chapter there. Um, We're witnessing an epic meltdown right now, like a, yeah. a historic meltdown on Twitter, like we haven't seen before, and it just so happens to be coming from the guy who owns Twitter. Like if Howard Hughes could tweet while he hold hold himself up in that casino, I think you would see. Uh, uh, not not if he could tweet. Excuse me, if he owned Twitter. <laughs> but um, yeah, the uh, he he claimed that there was like an attack on his family in L.A. or something, and and therefore 
the public information about his private jet, um, you know, that was to blame. Like his family, the, if 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 we take Elon at his word and assume that his family was attacked by someone who hates him, um, it was in a car. It has nothing to do with the jet and where the jet was and anything yeah. of that nature. So, um, he he got booed. He didn't expect <laughs> to. He is having a bad time. He is having a bad time and. There is there are still two weeks left in the year. He has a lot further to fall. Yeah, and this doesn't include uh were were he were he and Grimes married or not? Either way, his oh, wife oh, or saying- his girlfriend left him. Uh a lot of his kids don't like him this year. He's made this full turn to the reactionary era. I mean, he's always been that way, but now he's like really embraced the culture and tried to become friends with a lot of the reactionary influencers online. Uh, His Tesla stock price is down over 50% this year. (laughs) Dude is burning cash trying to get people to like him by buying Twitter and everybody is still booing him and telling him, (laughs) we fucking hate you, dude. And after Chappelle's anti-woke audience, which he specifically cultivated this anti-woke audience... After they boo Elon, he goes online and tweets like the woke mind virus is is spreading. Uh, Garbage candidate number two, Sam Bankman Freed, who was a hero in the eyes of most of the mainstream press, liberals and conservatives, influencers, celebrities. He was the uh, the face of effective altruism talking about someone who's ending the year on a strong note for a garbage candidate. It has all collapsed for Sam Bankman fried. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all that, um, all those honorifics you listed, they were all still valid two months ago. Not, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was the one, he was the one that the crypto industry sort of pinned their hopes on in terms of someone who could drag them into respectability and making it. Uh, he came close. I will, I will say that. He came very close because people on Capitol Hill are still trying to pass the legislation that he championed um, that to, to regulate crypto, but under the industry's own terms, which means like, you know, half regulation like you know the the patina of regulation um you know skipping it all anyway you all know that i've 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 ranted on that um you know plenty of times recently um effective altruism is like utilitarianism which is (laughs) you know like the idea that you can maximize um the greatest good for the greatest number of people if you just sort of like step back and let rich people do their thing. And it only differs from Randianism in that Ayn Rand was repulsed by the idea of even paying lip service to doing anything for others. (laughs) So like just by the dint of her being like a complete 
psychopath. Like, you know, people like yeah. Bankman Freed uh, uh, escape being roped in together with her. But they're basically the same. Yeah, it's a rebrand of that selfish libertarianism. Yeah, he it, it, he justified it as saying he was a long-termist, which means the more of his own, the more wealth he can accumulate on his own. Um, step two, question mark, question mark, question mark. Step three, people in the future will be helped. And if you stand in his way, you're standing in the way of people in the future. Um. Well, how'd that work out? Not, not, not so well. No. Garbage candidate number three. Howard Schultz. The Starbucks. Is he still the CEO? Up until I think he's the CEO until next year or something. I don't know. Maybe he stepped down this year. I don't even remember. Time is dilated. But let's. <laughs> Let's let's just put Howard Schultz in there because Starbucks has had over like 900 labor violations, according to the NLRB this year, in its bid to disrupt the uh, union. Howard Schultz has been CEO for much of that period. He uh, has done some real uh, boner things like accuse the union of being some outside force. He's made some comparison to the Holocaust and how he runs the company. Uh, all around, he's been awful. And there is a, a scenario on Earth, too, where Hillary Clinton won the election in 2016, and this guy was the Secretary of Labor. <laughs> Imagine that. Not even but, commerce, labor. Yeah, fucking labor. One of the most notorious union busters around nowadays. Um in history, like not even nowadays, like Howard Schultz is putting his name up there with some of the greats when it comes to union busting. Yeah, that there's a very good case to be made for Howard um, in recognition of the his, historic and heroic efforts of, of the Starbucks workers um, trying to organize. Um, a very strong case, a very strong case indeed. I think these next two garbage candidates we should do in tandem, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, who relish their roles as the rotating villains in the Democratic Party who could oppose major progressive legislation this year. And they're both ending the year strong, like some of the other candidates here, as Kirsten Cinema announces she is leaving the Democratic Party to go independent, likely to avoid a primary in 2024. And... Joe Manchin spending the last few weeks trying to get his American Petroleum Institute written permitting reform bill passed to allow fossil fuel companies to build pipelines and drilling sites much faster. Luckily, it was defeated this week in Congress for like the ninth time. Yeah, and it, it's actually um, it's appropriate you mention uh, Manchin and Cinema after Schultz uh, because Schultz is demonstrating why uh the pro act needs to be passed and i know mansion supports it but cinema does not and and revel you know she she really seems to uh, uh love that position she takes yeah. uh, obviously if the pro act were passed schultz wouldn't be able to get away with half the stuff he's he's doing um I, th I think cinema's year is also summed up by uh taking a whole bunch of money from uh uh, from investment firms while also 
killing higher taxes for them in the uh, Inflation Inflation Reduction Act or whatever that the IRA that was passed uh, a few months ago. And uh, gosh, what what horrible human beings! <laughs> Which brings us to Garbage Candidate of the Year number. I don't know. I think we're on five or four or something. Joe Biden, one. the president, mainly for his handling of the pandemic all year. He's been worse than Trump. He's rolled back many of the public programs that help people during the pandemic. His COVID coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha, has been uh, leading us toward the commercialization of the COVID response, where you will now have to start paying for vaccines and paying for treatments, or at least your insurance company will. And those who don't have insurance will just be locked out. Uh, he's presided over uh, deaths each week, equivalent to 9-11 for much of the year, if not more deaths than that. Just all around uh, horrific conditions. And then he ends the year strongly like all the other. You're not a, a, a true garbage candidate of the year unless you're ending it strong. And Biden sure is with uh, leading the strike-breaking effort of the railroad unions, denying them paid sick leave. No excuse for it. Biden sided with the railroad capitalists and crushed working people here and if that's not deserving of a garbage canning i don't know what is sam knight well it's a he's certainly on our short list and uh yeah he he has finished the year strong like you said Uh, a candidate that has not necessarily uh finished the year strong um which probably is a good thing for all of us Although uh, maybe I'm overlooking some uh, corporate scandal uh, that that has happened recently, but um, garbage candidate N plus two or wherever we're uh, at right now is Abbott Laboratories, the uh, company that uh, makes popular baby formula brands, um, some of which uh, have a monopoly over uh, sales that are reimbursed by uh, state WIC programs, the nutritional assistance for uh, women and children. Um, They had a tainted baby formula factory there. Then they couldn't... um, (laughs) Threw a lot of people for a loop. I'll say that. The the shelves were empty. Um, Especially for people who just had babies. (laughs) Yeah. People like me. And reporting has has revealed that uh, basically that Abbott knew about the problem in, in its factory in Sturgis, Michigan, um, that it was aware of uh, supply chain issues. And uh, rather than fix the problems, they uh, bought back their own stock. So doesn't get worse than that and it's just added to on a personal note it's added to um you know my fears and anxieties of uh raising an infant in the united states which is um not great i will say there there have been several times where i will uh consult the internet for information um you know 
my wife and I, my wife Martha and I will do some research to see what's what's going on, um, what what we need to know. And uh, quite often we find that um, it's better to search on websites like uh, like Canadian and British websites, like see what the NHS is saying, see what Canadian health officials are saying. Um, because we don't trust anyone here. <laughs> for, for for a lot of the uh, reasons you mentioned before, they they dovetail with the handling of the pandemic and everything. And uh, this country is run by a death cult. Yeah, and we can't leave. <laughs> it's really hard to fucking leave. Uh, unfortunately, uh, podcasting and liberal arts degrees are not useful skills to take to uh, another country. <laughs> Garbage candidate, whatever. It's Kanye West. Uh, we got to mention him. Uh, the deeply unwell artist. It's gone full Nazi at the end of the year here. Look, there there have been a lot of artists who have have um, who have had their public struggles, and uh, pretty much only Kanye and Mel Gibson have said like Hitler was good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If you, if you cross that line, you're garbage candidate of the year. And, uh, you know, I found. It's also his associations with like far right figures. You know, oh, yeah. He's not just, you know, making these. He's not just making irrational outbursts, but he's also trying to profit off associating with people who've been monsters for years in the right-wing movement. And they're, you know, they are trying to get Kanye to like, to be and more vice crypt- versa, to yeah. be more cryptic about it. You know, Kanye's <laughs> like, I like Hitler. And Alex Jones is like, mm, why don't you tone it down there, brother? And, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, maybe Kanye's engaged in a, like a piece of performance art to discredit the entire right-wing movement. But I don't think so. I I don't think I so. Would be very surprised. You know, sometimes we we get a little bit hyperbolic in calling people Nazis, but Kanye has literally been going around saying he loves Hitler and the Nazis. Yeah, were no, good. he he he. Yeah, he's on the record doing that. Yeah. Speaking of Nazis, another garbage candidate, libs of TikTok, uh, an account that has gained prominence on the right due to its focus on singling out. Um, children's hospitals, uh, teachers, uh, you name it, anyone involved in providing support to transgender individuals and transgender individuals themselves. Um, it's been pretty disgusting. Uh, this Haya Rachik is who runs it and she has been responsible for uh, a lot of uh, violence and distress brought upon marginalized people in our society. Yeah, she's pretty openly uh, whipping up uh, 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 you know hate campaigns and which have led to violence and um, it's it's kind of jarring like just seeing it out in the open. Right. Like she's not just like posting on her Twitter account like, oh, I hate um, I don't like trans people or something. You know, she's like yeah. actually she's doing actionable things. It's um, it's it's horrific. And it, she gets to keep her Twitter account. 
Yeah, she sure does. Finally, finally, the last garbage candidate of the year, the Supreme Court. It overturned, formally overturned Roe v. Wade, got rid of a constitutional right to have an abortion. And who knows what it's going to get rid of as this right-wing majority takes hold. It's an illegitimate court, and it needs to be squashed. Yeah, I guess that's the only um, the only upshot to um, the Supreme Court's year is that it has shown everyone how um, what a what a uh, what a fossil of an institution it is, and what what it just needs to be, like just bulldoze it and build a mosque over it or something. So who's getting it uh, other than Elon Musk, I should say, because it's going to be Elon Musk this year. He, I don't it's hands down, right? He's the garbage <sighs> candidate of the year. I mean, he's he is. But I also I was having some second thoughts about it. Like, really? He is it, maybe just because it's like so obvious and he's just ubiquitous now. I I was almost thinking like. First of all, there's also the, there's the Supreme Court play, which you could make a, a solid case for. Um, but I kind of I kind of like Howard Schultz. <sighs> I think you know to acknowledge the 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 um, you know the the organizing of the of the Starbucks workers and 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 what a inspiring moment that has been. Like we need to recognize what they're up against and just I recognize that. And you've made a good case, but it's got to be Elon Musk. I'm sorry, but he's got to get the fucking garbage can of the year. He's been awful all year consistently, and he's getting worse. And next year, he's going to be even worse, and we're going to do it again. This is our life forever now. (laughs) Elon Elon Musk, you are going in the garbage can. can. Uh, Time to uh, put the garbage can at at, at the top of the hill and uh, uh, put Elon into a bolder form. And roll him up the hill to put him in the garbage can. We'll do it again tomorrow. That's the show. That's the year. Thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without your support. We'll be back next year with more new episodes. Stay tuned for an episode from Sam Knight in the next few days. I forgot. SK is still going to release some content for us. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. 